Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. It is officially onward to the 2023-2024 season. Super Bowl 57 is in the past. Spoiler, I'm not over it. Spoiler, I will never be over it. It was a robbery. Um, That game was stolen from the Philadelphia Eagles. But unfortunately, the NFL is not going to rewrite the history books. So we have to move forward to the 2023-2024 season. And tonight, we're going to start by, you know, looking at the roster. And we're going to figure out what, you know, potentially the 2023-2024 Philadelphia Eagles may look like. The good thing is, and this is the most important thing, is they will be led by the best player in the National Football League, Jalen Hurts, because he is going to be the quarterback next season. And his extension is going to be something that is obviously talked about probably up until training camp, because, um, again, he is not a free agent. So there is no you know, rush to get an extension done for Jalen Hurts. It's the big deal of the offseason because essentially all the money that's going to be, you know, put into Jalen Hurts, obviously, as he is, you know, earned. But, um, you know, there's different ways the Eagles can go about pushing that money. Remember, he still has another year on his rookie deal. They could extend it afterwards. You know, they could push that money whatever which way they want to do it. Um, and I assume that's probably what they're going to do because they're going to go for the Super Bowl again next season, obviously. They're going to make a run, keep this roster as strong as it can be, and take another swing at winning the Super Bowl next year. Now, the schedule next season, spoiler, is going to be a lot more difficult. Um, but who cares? That, see, like People get scared by that. They think, oh, man, it's going to be a little bit of a harder schedule. Cool. I think we're the best team in the NFL from last season. I think we have the best player in the NFL from last season and going forward. Um, we are elite at you know our wide receiver position. And again, this is all predicated on staying healthy as well. But um, I, I just think this team has so much talent that I'm not scared to play anybody. They have to be scared to play the Eagles. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when we're on somebody's schedule, they think that's a hard game, obviously. You know what I mean? So you can't fear playing hard games. You're going to win hard games when you're the better team. Yeah, you might get got here and there. That's fine. That's the NFL. I mean, Kansas City didn't go perfect last year, but you saw they were prepared to play the Eagles when it came down to the Super Bowl. They, they were ready for a fight. And we were ready for a fight too. It just got stolen from us by the referees. But like I said, we're onward. So let's just go over you know the things that are being questioned now with this team. Now, the first thing, thing, uh, first thing that's most prominent right now is the coaching staff. The Eagles still have not hired an offense and defensive coordinator. Brian Johnson is going to be the offensive coordinator. That I think we could just, you know, circle. I I have not heard anything otherwise. They just haven't made it official yet. Now, defensive coordinator, there's a lot more question marks on that. Um, I think the big favorite is still Denard Wilson. He is the secondary coach. I know people are worried about Denard Wilson coming in here. Because, you know, obviously he was the pass game coordinator last year, whatever title that is. He, you know, they think he might be a Jonathan Gannon, you know-esque coordinator, which, you know, clearly should scare the piss out of a lot of people because that's cowardly, soft, weak-minded defense. I don't know that. Denard Wilson was not a Jonathan disciple or Jonathan Gannon disciple. He was with the Jets. You know, he was a former player himself. I don't know what his ideal defense looks like. Nobody does. 
So I think that's more or less why people probably fear Denard Wilson getting the job because you just don't know what Denard Wilson is. Now, the other candidates they did um, you know, interview, Vance Joseph was somebody I really liked because Vance Joseph is uber-aggressive. He comes, like, his defense is going to punch you in the mouth. Yeah, you're going to beat his defense over the top sometimes. You're going to hit some big plays. That's fine because he is going to try to disguise and he is going to try to obviously hit your quarterback. The Denver Broncos picked up Vance Joseph. So he's going back to the place he was actually the former head coach of, I think, five years ago. But he will be their defensive coordinator. So Vance Joseph is out. Now that means who's left? Um, Jim Leonard from Wisconsin. He was the defensive coordinator for the Wisconsin Badgers. He's out. Uh, I guess he's getting hip surgery. Uh, He did take the interviews with the Eagles and then obviously decided he's going to go ahead and get that surgery. I don't know what that means. To me, it tells me he was interested in the job. Maybe he got some information that he was probably not going to get the job. So rather than just have this thing, you know, weighing, he just decided, screw it, I'm going to get that operation and pull himself out. It is what it is. I think Jim Leonard, for a college coach, could have been a very successful coordinator because, remember, he was an NFL player too. You know what I mean? I know people fear the college coach coming in, and I understand why because, you know, it's a lot different to coach college kids as it is to coach NFL players. But the thing Leonard had over um, these college coaches is he was an actual NFL football player. So being in an NFL locker room, dealing with NFL football players would not be foreign to him. Um, The other college coaches they have interviewed, uh, Minter, he's the defensive coordinator for uh, the Michigan Wolverine. And obviously, you know, the Wolverines were, you know, one of the best defenses in college football last year. And then um, Greg Shulman, he is the co-defensive coordinator, Will Muschamp, down at Georgia. Now, he was their linebacker's coach as well, I believe. And, um, hey, I, I would have no issues with Greg Shulman. In fact, he might be the guy I want the most. One, he brings a different aspect to the defense, for sure. They are a very aggressive defense, Georgia. Two, our best player in terms of like the leader of this defense next season potentially was his best player uh, when they had the best college defense of all time, and that's N'Kobe Dean. Like, N'Kobe Dean's going to be the leader of this defense next year. I'm telling everybody this right now. He is going to be the leader of the defense. Him with Shulman, there's definitely, you know, a comfort, obviously, in terms of, like, what they did. So, I mean, again, when you have your leader comfortable with the coach, it helps roll over to the rest of the team. And, again, now Jordan Davis, he's a big project. I mean, I know the word bust is being used for Jordan Davis. I, I I don't know. We can't use that yet, obviously. It's been one season. But it, there's a lot on Jordan Davis now. You know what I mean? It's, it, the training wheels are off. Like, we're going to need Jordan Davis to play, especially because we're going to go over the free agents we have on this team, and you'll see that a bunch of them are on that defensive side, and a bunch of them are right in the middle where he plays. So we're going to need a Jordan Davis to step up. But um, I am not against Greg Shulman. I really am not. And again, Best defense in college football. They've had that. I know in the Ohio State game, they got a, they got ripped up a little bit. But again, I don't think people get mad when your defense gives up points. I think they get mad when the Eagles had a trend of letting anybody who had a half-decent talent at the quarterback position continually beat them and always get... Like, we never stopped a good quarterback. Like, an elite-level type quarterback. We never, ever even made them have to, you know, sweat playing against this and that is what scares people right now so yes obviously you know getting a coordinator and expecting them to shut down Patrick Mahomes that just ain't gonna happen I understand that but I mean 
I would have at least felt comfortable after that game if we made him sweat. And there was no sweating from Patrick Mahomes whatsoever in the Super Bowl. And that's what we need a coordinator to come in here and do is just disguise. Make him potentially make a mistake or two. That's all you're asking. He's a great player. You're not going to make him look like, you know, a scrub. I understand that. We all understand that. But that's what you're looking for a good defensive coordinator to do. At least make them think. At least make them work. And for two years, Jonathan Gannon did not make anybody with talent work. Now, Sean Desai, he is from Seattle. He was with Chicago. He's a Fangio guy. He was interviewed. Um, and I'm going around. I mean, I'm probably you know missing somebody here and there. They've done a bunch of interviews. But again, nothing's really leaked out. And we're not going to know what we should be looking for in terms of players for the draft, what scheme, you know what I mean? Like, these are all questions that are going to have to be answered. My assumption is we're going to go with a 3-4 because Hassan Reddick excelled as a rush linebacker last year. So my guess is you're not going to bring somebody in who's going to make Hassan Reddick have to play a different position, possibly. Um, I don't think he would leave the line of scrimmage, but you saw the, the, the sack numbers you got with the front that you had. So my guess is the guy that we're going to bring in a coordinator is going to run the same front. Because again, we've spent our money on our defense, on our front, for the front that we had the last two seasons. So again, I have no issues with that front. I just have issues with not disguising and making it so easy and not getting any free rushers and having a coward, absolutely awful defensive coordinator like Jonathan Gannon was. And again, I don't care what anybody says. I, I know I had to hear this this week about Jonathan Gannon, by the way. Well, there's people on the radio, and you'll hear it in Philadelphia, and obviously that they'll tell you that well, he was really good at beating the teams he was supposed to beat. Okay, that's great. I am thrilled for Jonathan Gannon that when Gil, uh, you know, Garrett Gilbert comes into town, he could shut him down in, in an offense he runs. But that's not what you want. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to high-five a guy because he has Daniel Jones's number right now. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's what we got to with him. When you get in the playoffs you got to be able to beat the best players in the league. Like, the best players at that position generally find themselves advancing in the playoffs. We got extremely fortunate in the NFC this year that, you know, obviously Minnesota lost. And, not, and again, I'm not sitting here saying Cousins is an elite player, but, you know, if, if Cousins, let's just say Minnesota beats the Giants, you know, we would have played the Cowboys in round two. And Dak Prescott has owned Jonathan Gannon defenses for the last two years. So who knows what happens in that game? I'm not sitting here telling you the Eagles would have lost because I thought on offense we played exceptional all playoffs. So I'm not sitting here saying we would have lost, but I'm just telling you the road could have been a lot more difficult if that matchup had come through. You know, obviously they were fortunate enough to beat San Francisco. They took their quarterback out on the first play. There's nothing, or the first drive, there's nothing you can really do about that. They didn't really, but again, they weren't really given a full test. So yeah, they were fortunate to get to the Super Bowl in that they didn't have to get tested by somebody who's an elite level type quarterback, but they got that in the Super Bowl. They still should have won the game. The game was stolen by the referees, but the defense colossally failed. That's what I'm looking for in a coordinator. Now what we're going to do here is we're going to go over the free agents, and then I want to give my offensive outlook for the team. We're going to go over the offense where they're going to potentially try to upgrade, you know, what free agents they're going to keep there. And then next week we'll go over the defense more. And obviously by next week, I'm assuming with the scouting combine coming, we are going to be able to talk about who the offensive coordinator officially is, Brian Johnson. Hopefully it's made official. 
and who the defensive coordinator is, and if they've come in and tried to replace, um, obviously, our linebackers coach, Nick Rollis, because he is gone. He is going to be the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals. So Jonathan Gannon took him. One of our quality assistant coaches um, on defense, Joe Casper, went with Fangio down to uh, Miami. So we are going to have some other coaching you know, upgrades that are going to have to be needed. And again, remember this too. Whoever comes in to be the coordinator, they may want to bring in their own staff too. So again, a lot of things can change here. So it's, it's just something to keep an eye on because, again, that if Denard Wilson comes in, I'm assuming a lot of the guys will stay. But we're going to get those, you know, hopefully the, the idea of starting to get those answers next week. But like I said, let's first go over the free agents on this team. There are 20 free agents on the Eagles. Now, let's go over the defensive line. The guys that are free agents on the defensive line, you got Fletcher Cox, you know, Robert Quinn, Brandon Graham, Jason Hargrave, and Dominic Sue, Linval Joseph. Those are your free agents on the defensive line. Um... You know, obviously Joseph was there to help Jordan Davis. Could he come back? He was his primary backup, maybe. I don't. But again, there's not going to be a rush to sign Linval Joseph or Indomitian Sue, and he might retire as well. Um, the guys you're going to be asking about are Hargrave and Cox at defensive tackle. Now, I know people will tell you they think it's more likely that Hargrave comes back. Uh, I would think it's more likely that Cox comes back. We'll talk about it next week more so when we're going over the defensive outlook. But I just think money wise. It's going to make more sense for a Fletcher Cox than it will over a Javon Hargrave because I think he's going to get paid. Um, like I said, too, the defensive ends, Quinn and Graham. Then we'll go to um, corner. We got James Bradbury. That's a big one, obviously. He was a second-team All-Pro this year. As much as people want to crap on him, he was a second-team All-Pro. I don't know why people took shots on him, but they did. You know, outside linebacker, you got uh, Kaiser White and your middle linebacker, TJ Edwards. So both your starting linebackers are free agents. We talked about N'Kobe Dean, so I don't envision both of those guys being back. Uh, I know Dean was the pri- was the primary backup to Kaiser White. I don't know if that's what they're going to want to do. I think Dean could play in the middle as well. I, I know people fear his size, but the guy is an incredibly intelligent player, and he's an excellent, excellent diagnoser. I mean, just go back to that Titans game. Look at him fill the holes when he went in there. I have no fears in having Kaiser White be playing. <laughs> Again, I wouldn't care if the linebackers were Kaiser White and Christian Ellis next year, and I'm not even making that up. But again, we'll be talking about that next week. Um, also on defense, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Epps, your two starting safeties are free agents. So, you know, again, there's the potential that this defense could look a lot different next year. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I don't envision is going anywhere. I think he's going to be a priority free agent. But Marcus Epps, you don't know what the the market's going to come and try to offer guys like this. You never know. Remember, we played in a Super Bowl. And I know that people don't think that matters too much in terms of free agency, but it does. Like That heightens their values. Everybody on that defense has a heightened value. Everybody on the offense does. You are a Super Bowl player. So um, I think that's all for the defense. I'm looking quickly here. Now, Rick Lovato is a long snapper. He's a free agent. He's not going to go anywhere. The Eagles will re-sign him. It looks like that is all for the defense. Then on offense, our free agents are Jason Kelsey, who, again, he's either retiring or he's coming back. So it's not really we're going to lose him. It's either if he chooses to come back, he'll be back. Um, Isaac Simalu, who, again, we'll talk about the offense outlook here in a second. Um, Andre Dillard. Uh, Let's see who else. Miles Sanders. Tyree Jackson's uh, an exclusive rights free agent, so he's really not a free agent. And then Gardner Minshew. 
So there is. I mean, we have a bunch of free agents, clearly. I mean, it's it's not like what you'd hope is ideal, but again, it just is what it is. So let's just get into it. Let's get into the offensive outlook for this team. Um, Now, before I do... I do have a quick word here from Anchor, but when I come back, like I said, we'll go over the offensive outlook. I'm going to tell you who I think needs to stay, potentially go. And again, this isn't just free agents. I mean, we we can make trades as well. You know what I mean? We could trade players and things that maybe we could try to potentially upgrade. But like I said, first, I do have a quick word here from Anchor. So let's go over the offense. And here's a big spoiler, right? This is big news when it comes to figuring out the Eagles offense for next season. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be quarterback number one. So that's the most important thing going with the offense is the best player in the National Football League will be running the show again for the Eagles. So right there, you're in a good spot. Now let's go to running back. Miles Sanders is a free agent. Boston Scott also is a free agent. I don't know why he wasn't listed on that list, but he's a free agent as well. Here's what I'm thinking. Now, I don't know what Sanders is going to get in terms of free agency. I don't know if there's going to be a team that comes out of nowhere and pays him because Sanders was primarily a two-down back this year, right? He didn't really play three downs, you know what I mean? Like, his usage, I think, was... And again, he played the whole season. This is the first time Sanders has played every game in a season for the Eagles. So um, that's a big deal for him, especially going into free agency because obviously it shows his durability, but... He only played, like, I think it was something like 57% of our snaps. I think I saw that earlier, 57%, which obviously isn't a lot. Um, For somebody who, you know, is supposed to be your primary, you know, bell cow number one running back. He had an excellent season for the 57% of snaps he played. But we could all be honest here about Sanders. I mean, from December forward, he did not play his best football. Uh, He was, for sure, the Bears game was not the best. The Dallas game, the late fumble there, which was, you know, you know, something you just couldn't do. I thought he played well against the Giants. I'm not talking about the first game. I'm talking about the second game. Um, San Francisco, I again, I thought he played well. I mean, the Super Bowl obviously was not his finest moment. I just don't know what a team is going to come out and try to pay him. Now, Sanders wants to stay with the Eagles. And I, again, I am not against bringing Miles Sanders back. That'd be uh, for sure. I mean, he's still a very good player. I I know he didn't finish the way he did, and I think that maybe a lot of people are just comfortable with him going because of that. But if you're going to be able to get him for a discount because he wants to come back, absolutely. I have no issues bringing Miles Sanders back. Now here's the thing, though. Let's just say, you know, the Texans... And again, they're not going to do it. I'm just throwing a random team out there. Somebody, whoever, whatever team goes out there and they pay Miles Sanders, they give him a, you know ten million dollars a year. Pittsburgh, whatever team you want to think of. Um, yeah, the Eagles aren't going to match that, so he'll go. I am not against the idea of re-signing Boston Scott. And again, I know in the draft, if something comes available like a, you know a Devin A. Chain or something like that, you want to take a shot on. That's fine. Because, again, I, I don't envision them taking B. John Robinson at, if he was at 30. Again, if he was at 30, by the way, I would take him because he's an absolutely going to be a special player. 
I'm not a get like people just don't ever want to touch a running back. I know the Eagles won't do that, but I would do that because I'm telling you this right now. The guy's going to be a special player. Uh, Jamar uh, Gibbs from Alabama in the second round, maybe. Again, that's what the Eagles did with Sanders. And again, if you pick a guy like that in the second round, you have a cost-controlled running back for four years. You know what I mean? Um, but let's just say they don't get that. They don't get the running back they want in the draft or whatever. I am okay with Sanders, Gainwell, and Sermon. Yeah, Trey Sermon. I'm more than okay with that. I think that that could be a very good running back room still. Clearly, Kenny Gainwell figured it out in the second half of the season. Late, in the, like when Sanders stopped really playing his best, Gainwell started playing his best. And Boston Scott, I think if you give him the opportunity, like I said, I, I mean he's always excelled when he's been given the opportunity. He's never done anything where I looked at Boston Scott and I go, that guy's a problem. I think he could play. And again, here's the thing too: we've pretty much protected him the last two years. He hasn't put a lot of toll on his body because we haven't used him that much. I am not against using a running back room that includes Scott, you know, Sermon, and Gainwell. Gainwell being your starter, but again, it, it doesn't matter. You're still sprinkling in Sermon and Scott. And the good thing about Sermon is he does something completely different than Gainwell and Scott. Like he is a between the hole or tackles power type runner. Now, again, I know people think, oh, it doesn't fit their scheme or whatever. Trust me. It's not about, you will make players, you take advantage of their talents. Whatever they do best, you coach to it. He is different. He's a bruising type running back. And the guy could play. I know people think he can't play because San Francisco quit on him. Whatever. This guy had 330-some rushing yards in the Big Ten Championship two years ago. Give him a chance. He's on this roster, by the way. They claimed him for a reason. They didn't cut him at all for this, uh, the whole season, even though they didn't have to use him. Because, again, we were lucky to be healthy at running back. And again, that's another thing. That would be my only concern is, you know, we were fortunate to stay healthy at running back this season. That doesn't always happen. So, I mean, you're going to want a fourth running back somewhere, obviously on your practice squad or, you know what I mean? But again, if, if you drafted a running back, let's just say Devin A. Chain from Texas A&M, the speedsters there, or, you know, a Tank Bigsby, whatever you do, like a Kenny McIntosh who might be available later, um from Georgia, like whatever, you get a fourth running back. You are allowed to keep four running backs on your active roster. You don't have to do three. And I'm not against that either. But again, I am not a feared, like again, I'd be doing that if I just had no fears of going into my season with Scott uh, Gainwell and Sermon. Now again, if Sanders is willing to come back on a team-friendly deal, then you take Sanders and again, you're really not worrying about running back in the draft then because that would be your four guys again. Again, the Eagles just did it this season. They had four running backs on their active roster for the whole year. You could do that again next year. If Sanders goes, you get a rookie. And again, you, uh, that rookie then is in a perfect spot because you don't have to force that rookie into the lineup. They can develop. Now again, if it's Bijan Robinson, that's a different story. He's playing day one. Jamire, uh, Jamire Gibbs from Alabama, he's playing, obviously, day one. Bijan is like a bell cow type running back, by the way. So, uh... In Philly, he wouldn't have to be, but he would get a ton, a ton of carries. Like, you're getting him on the field and giving him the ball. But that's what I'm thinking about for running back. Now, at wide receiver, you know, here's a spoiler. A.J. Brown's back, Devontae Smith's back, so you're good at that position. The big question is going to be slot. Quez Watkins is still under contract. He's going nowhere. But is there an opportunity to potentially trade Quez Watkins? Sure. Is Are you comfortable with him being your slot receiver? I mean, I think we, we could all sit here, and Quez himself said it. He did not have a good season. 
So I'm not in the business of just handing him the job. He can earn it, for sure, and I'm not doubting that he can't earn it. Remember Nelson Aguilar? I mean, we were writing him off. He earned it in 2017. He had a great season, obviously, in the slot, and, you know, he figured out and almost resurrected, obviously, you know, any notions on his career, and it, it, it did. It saved his career, how good he played there. But again, I'm not, I'd have him fighting for the job. Now, people will tell you, I heard people saying, oh, we'll bring Pascal back, and I'm cool bringing Pascal back, don't get me wrong. But does Zach Pascal take over as a slot? See, I'm of the business of this. That's probably the one starting spot on offense, and yes, slot receiver is a starting position, where you look and you go, they don't have an uber talent there. And you'll tell me, well, if you get rid of the running backs, I think the running backs are very talented. I do. I think Kenny Gainwell is a very good player. Like, I mean, Miles Sanders had a really good year. We don't know what they're going to do there potentially with a rookie, but that one's okay. I'm saying in terms of a starting single position, slot to me is the weakest on our team. An offense, I mean. I am not against the idea of drafting like a Jalen Hyatt. You know, if Smith and Jigba falls in the draft, you know what I mean? If, if Addison from USC falls in the draft, I am not against any of those guys coming in. I think you'd be nuts if you didn't take a... Again... I know people say a first-round receiver again. Don't be afraid to just load up the offense. Because here's a big spoiler. We won because our offense was so damn good. We saw what happened. We had a stacked defense. And they fell on their face in the Super Bowl. And again, I don't think it was just the players. I think their coach set them up for failure. But I'm of the belief that I'm not afraid to just stack the offense and just say, screw it. You know what I mean? Our defense just has to be average. And we're going to be really, really damn good. Because I think that's your best case, especially with all the free agents I just told you that are going to come from the defensive side of the ball. Don't be afraid to stack your offense with super talent and go from there. And just start boating people. I mean, that's the best way to go. Now on the offensive line, Andre Dillard's going. You're not going to sign him. Okay. So now your swing tackle thing becomes a deal because Billard played left tackle, left guard. Um, and, and you know, obviously Jack Driscoll. And, and it's funny, though, though games might a lot of miss this year. Driscoll had to play left guard because, or left tackle because Dillard was hurt to start the season. But um, Jack Driscoll being your right tackle, right guard, I think they want to keep Driscoll as a tackle, and that's fine. I mean, I, I think right now he would be your swing tackle. They definitely need a guard because Ciamalo is going to go and he's going to get paid. So the Eagles aren't going to bring Ciamalo back. They're just not going to be able to financially do it. So my belief is Kelsey will be back. I don't know. We'll get that confirmed. I think he's coming back. I think he wants to give one more run. I mean, he knows how good the team is. So I'm hopeful he's back. I think if that's the case, Jurgens is going to slide over and start at right guard. Again, unless they get somebody in the draft, like maybe Osiris Torrance from Florida, somebody like that falls to them and they could play somebody at right guard. But I think in the draft, you could see them in the third, second, third round, fourth round, trying to address, you know, guard. And again, the reason you would do that is even if they drafted, let's say, Osiris Torrance, I could still see Jurgen starting at right guard, developing him for a year. And then next season, it would probably be Jurgen's then at center, uh, center. And then you could draft whoever you draft here, if it's a second round player, he slides into right guard. Remember, they just did that. They're two right guard or starting guards next year. More than likely, they're going to be guys they draft in the second round that we thought were luxury picks, right? Landon Dickerson and now Cam Jurgens. And you're going to look and go, yeah. At the time, you're like, oh, did you really need? Now you're like, glad we picked those guys, right? 
because they're going to be playing. And obviously then it's Mylotta, Lane, and uh, Kelsey. But they do need some depth on their defense or offensive line. So that is something to watch for. I mean, they definitely got to get a guy. I, I would think they're going to be looking to get somebody who could play the left side of the offense line, the right side like Driscoll. And like, you know what I mean? Driscoll could play the guard and the tackle. Maybe somebody would play left tackle, left guard. And um, maybe to draft a guard, a, a guy who could just play guard to potentially be your starter going forward. I, I think that's what you're going to look for in the draft. And then to wrap this up, tight end, you know, you're pretty set there. Obviously, you got Goddard, who's as good as there is. I wouldn't be afraid to try to get another tight end in the draft. I know Stoll's a good blocker, even though, you know, he whiffed a couple blocks in the playoffs, like notably. But um, I thought Calcaterra showed some signs there. And Tyree Jackson's a big project. And again, it's, you know, make or break for this guy this year. He's got to stay healthy. And, and if he does, hey, two years ago, this guy showed some real big signs, man. He's a big guy. There's definitely ways to use him on the football field. But that's the offense. The big thing coming on the offense is going to be what do they do at running back and slot receiver? That, those are And right guard. Those are the three major areas to watch in terms of for the Eagles starters next season on offense, which is a good problem to have, by the way. It's right guard, it's slot receiver, and it's running back. That's the offensive outlook. Next week when we're back, we're going to hopefully be able to tell you who the offense and defensive coordinators are officially. Um, we'll go over the defensive side of the ball. There's going to be a lot to talk about there because, again, now you're missing – there's a lot of questions on who's going to potentially be back. I gave you the Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave thing. We'll talk about the linebackers. We'll talk about the safeties. We'll talk about the potential at corner as well. And we'll start getting into some draft prospects because there's – you're not going to fill all these holes in free agency or anything like that. You're definitely going to be looking at the draft and – uh, again, you don't draft players to play day one because if you do, you're in trouble because then you're drafting for need. But we'll tell you who I think the Eagles will be targeting because I'm in. Here's the beautiful thing. They have a pick at number 10 in this draft. Yeah, they have a pick at the end of the first round, but they also have the 10th pick as well. So they are going to be able to get an impact player early in this draft. Onward to Super Bowl 58. 2023 season is upon us. And we're going to go and win that damn Super Bowl. We're going to get what we deserved this season. I want everybody out there. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay educated. And as always, go Eagles go.